0: What's up, world?
1: Uh, I just, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I mean, you know, I, I don't know.
0: They, they, they,
1: insert here, yo. It's a terrible game, bottom line, it's terrible in every way, graphically it's terrible, gameplay is terrible, it's just terrible. Uh, angry Nick Mad That game sucked and it's going to suck no matter how many revisions they make and it just sucked even more because they put a connect with it uh, uh, Angry Nick Mad Or if there's violence I'll just laugh
0: and enjoy the fun Kaz Hazari Haza Marani Kaz harai. Harai. harai They just kind of got tired of Angry and Nick on the first one and said I'm going to pass Chris. Oh yes yeah, so I, I do, do. It's me. Precisely. No. 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 I do I per- I no. all my work no. 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 You guys I don't do it Oh, thank you. I try.
1: I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent Zelda, is what carries Nintendo at this point.
0: Always be radical. I love you, little podcast. You're the bestest thing ever. For the promise of the new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes.
1: You will not find a better story presented in any other game genre, in my personal opinion. Like, JRPG have that. They have that story. That's what the entire game felt like. Oh my... God, I want to bang my head into a wall.
0: It's a, it's podcast? this Can someone remind me? I thought it was a video game podcast. You are listening to the Game Source Podcast. We're live. We are live once again. It is the Game Source Podcast number one forty-seven, getting closer to one fifty. Uh, this is Gerald Glassford uh, from yourgamesource.com, the NU Herald, and Pop Culture Cosmos along with my good friend, the author of Vendetta Dark, our comic book expert, and all around pop culture, know it all, he is the man, the myth, the legend. He is Josh Peterson. How are you, sir? I'm good, thanks for having me. Always always a pleasure to have you on. You just told me before we came on that you've got Battleborn uh, all ready to go, uh, so, so look out there. There you go, Battleborn right there in a nutshell. Um, like I said, a, a very highly, very highly, very, very highly reviewed game. Um, just, just looking forward to. I'm sure to you get your, your sink your teeth into that as far as it's concerned. And you no know, good things are going forward for that. Um, but we are here today to talk uh, some interesting things that went on with Comic Con last weekend. Um, it was actually a, a pretty good weekend for for comic book fans from both the DC and Marvel Universe, plus some other uh, tidbits, as always, that comes out of Comic-Con. So uh, before I get into as far as a detailed synopsis of what Comic-Con was all about, were there anything that in mind uh, that stuck out to you? Because I noticed you were uh, uh, sending out some thoughts uh, via social media on some stuff that stuck out to you from Comic-Con.
1: Yeah, I was, uh, King Arthur, Guy Ritchie's new King Arthur movie. I know that has nothing to do with comic books, but man, that looks fantastic. Just the way that the cameras are set up and the filming style. He's got that fast-talking dialogue, the quick action scenes. I'm thoroughly excited about that. And um, Also, the Justice League Dark, the animated film, they have the voice talent. I know we were talking about Constantine last week. They got the voice talent of Matt Ryan to play Constantine, so that is something else I'm looking forward to because that, you know, they uh, that comic book always kind of gets, nobody really knows about it. So it's nice that it's getting some uh, momentum here.
0: Absolutely. And if uh, somebody wants to go out and check out um, a little bit more about that, I know I made a post on our pop culture cosmos page, uh, pop culture, Cosmo on Facebook, pa- pop culture, Cosmos on Facebook. So I made a little comment on that. Like you said, confirming um, as far as it's concerned, the presence of Constantine uh, in the Justice League Dark uh, video. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, for Well, I guess a, a lot of eyes were looking at Comic-Con as far as what's coming out of there from a Warner Brothers standpoint. I think it was more crucial to Warner Brothers uh, as far as what they wanted to get accomplished, more so than anybody. I mean, we have all know Marvel right now is doing very well uh, from both a TV and film standpoint. Uh, so you know really anything that they introduced was going to be gravy, uh, as far as it's concerned, but Warner Brothers, uh, with the tenuous, uh, release of Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice was really just kind of, uh, up in the air, so to speak, as far as where they were going to go. I know there was a lot of high hopes for Suicide Squad and there still is, uh, looks like it's going to be targeting right around 100 100 million dollars as far as an opening weekend, which is going to be very strong for them. Um, the the issues were that was beyond with with some of their stuff that's going on with the new Justice League film, um, making some changes, and obviously as well the Wonder Woman movie coming out uh, as well in the future. Uh, and I want to tell you something, especially the Wonder Woman movie is really looking re- awesomely good, um, looking very interesting. My girls are already excited to go see it. Uh, Justice League um, showed a little bit lighter humor. Um, although, you know, I just can't get over Ben Affleck is really just way too gruff. Uh, even in, uh, you know, as as far as Bruce Wayne is concerned, he's. Uh, is it me or, is, you know, seeing no, the other. I,
1: I agree with you. He's. Uh, he seems like he's putting himself too much into the part. Like he's taking. A serious char- character, and he's taking it too seriously. If that makes sense,
0: uh, and I don't mind when he gets in the gruff voice when he puts on the cape. That's fine. I have no issues with that. It's when he's out of the cape and he literally sounds like the same individual, and he's just so gruff. It's just so far removed from from him as an individual. Um, I think you know the predecessors uh, for the most part that played him. They had a different dichotomy as far as when they were Bruce Wayne and when they were Batman. As far as their the way, the way they even sounded, it just sounded like like it, it was a nice dichotomy because of such, you know. The, obviously, we've we've talked about in the past, and obviously, you know, the the you know aura around Batman is is the fact that you know there's just so many uh, things going on between the the constant battle between Bruce Wayne and Batman, the personas itself that they should sound so different, but in this case it just doesn't sound like very much of a difference at all. Uh, even when he's trying to provide light humor uh, as he did in the Justice League trailer, which by the way, all the trailers from Comic-Con you can also again catch on our Pop Culture Cosmos uh, Facebook site, so if you missed anything at all, anything at all, just, just scroll down, you'll be able to see it, you'll be able to catch all the different trailers uh, from both uh, TV and film as far as that was released out there, you'd be able to check it out. But your thoughts, again, on, on Batman, uh, Josh, as far as you know him evolving with, because obviously it's going to lead into another Batman film with Bat Affleck directing and all that. Do you think it's uh, still continued good step forward for Warner Brothers?
1: Honestly, at this point, I don't think Warner Brothers really knows what they want because, like you said, there's a lot of controversy surrounding Batman versus Superman, they wanted the tone to be dark. And then people were saying they didn't like the darkness. And then people said there was a lot of controversy around Ben Affleck and people said they took the part too far. And even with, uh, in Batman vs Superman, originally the original cut revolved more around Superman than it did Batman. But, uh, you know, WB and Hollywood in general has this obsession with Batman. So he's like, he's a really, to them, he's a pivotal character. So, they have. They really. They have to do him right, or else people aren't going to want to keep going back to it. Like personally, right now, I'm not excited about another Batman movie. I could care less. But uh, maybe if I they show me something I haven't seen before, and Ben Affleck can kind of ease into his role a little better, then I might you know change my tone there.
0: I just think it comes down to a, a issue of uh, dollars and cents. I think if you and I are running the film industry. Uh, let's say we're running Warner Brothers, and we've seen a better track history of of success financially with Batman as opposed to Superman. Now, obviously, when it comes down to it, if you and I were to sit down and watch the Superman films versus the Batman films uh, put together, obviously, from a quality standpoint, the Batman films are, are as a collective whole, are far superior And uh, as far as it's concerned. So I think that has, has a, more than a little bit to do with it. But I could see that's why the the studio was was more interested in as far as uh, leaning towards the Batman side. Um, as far as Justice League as a whole, uh, you know, from what I saw as far as the trailer is concerned, it, it's okay. It's a decent step forward. Um, again, um, you know, people are comparing the there's a Flash sequence in there uh, to to the Spider-Man sequence. Uh, in meeting Tony Stark in the Captain America: Civil War, that's very reminiscent of that. So again, are they stepping? They're, they're, are they treading the same ground as uh, Marvel has w- done once before? Possibly, but you know, having the Justice League uh, together may be a step in the right direction for this franchise. Uh, but I can tell you, at least as far as from a singular aspect, the Wonder Woman uh, trailer was uh, very promising a lot of good vibes uh, coming from all over the, the media uh, the internet and social social media as far as is concerned um, very very strong positive feelings coming from that and uh, I look forward to that and that that could do very very good business once that comes out uh, your thoughts on that
1: oh, I think it looks amazing I I was not expecting that at all I was I was I was expecting some kind of you know, really just not that gritty t- type of movie when they say, cause that, you know, your expectations of Wonder Woman are kind of cheesy compared to because of what's been done with her in the past, but.
0: And also the fact that you already know what essentially you already know what happens is cause she's already in the present day here. Um, this is all basically just tells you about a story about her past. as far as the inception, how she, started interacting with us in the, uh, the mortal realm.
1: Correct. Yeah. And it, it, it's an interesting story. Like she's, uh, I mean, she's like Marvel. If you took captain America and Thor and put them in the same character and in the body of a female, you'd have wonder woman. And that's, I, I find that fascinating, honestly.
0: I asked you why I think it's going to, be, it looks like it's going to be a very, very strong outing uh, when it comes to theaters next year. Um, obviously, uh, we will deal with Chris Pine as far as here in a little bit, because I know, uh, he has another movie that I saw recently, but I know his performance, uh, what I saw in the trailer looks to be, uh, uh, pretty good as far as from, uh, the old Steve Trevor aspect, a little bit different variation on, uh, like you said, what has been, been presented before, uh, in the Wonder Woman realm. So, but we also got a lot of stuff that came out from Marvel. Uh, including uh, new TV shows uh, um, as far as also as well uh, a huge look at uh, Doctor Strange, which I know a lot of people uh, are now finally on board with uh, as far as it's concerned because it looked like uh, uh, Inception uh, multiplied by the 10th degree as far as it's concerned. But uh, your thoughts on uh, what Marvel presented as far as from the TV shows, Luke Cage, uh, as far as it's concerned, some the other shows that, that were presented and also um, from the aspect of, of Doctor Strange going forward.
1: Yeah, I noticed that people got really excited over little snippets that didn't really show anything. Like, yeah, it's cool that these things are coming out. But like you have like the Defenders, for example, it was just a trailer that showed like the separate letters of each of the shows. Everyone's really excited about it, but, you know, we already know it exists, and we know that's coming, so it's just, you know, I wish they would have shown us a little bit, you know, just a little taste, a little tiny taste of that, but, um, yeah, they have a lot of exciting announcements. Daredevil Season 3, Luke Cage is well on its way, Iron Fist looks interesting, Um, Doctor Strange looks really cool. I've been waiting for a, like a Marvel movie to kind of, you know, change things up a little bit for a while. Um, and the idea of putting the concept of putting Ghost Rider and Agents of Shield really has me intrigued,
0: but also as well Legion. Uh, so that was that was probably the thing that stuck out to me it was uh, a new deal as far as a Marvel Association for a project that's going on to not Netflix. Uh, it's going on to FX Network uh, coming, I believe, in January. It's called Legion. I don't know if you got a chance to see the trailer for that one, which we uh, actually again, like I said, posted on our. Pop culture cosmos page on Facebook.
1: Yeah, I saw the trailer for Legion. I know in the comic books that character is uh, supposed to be Professor Xavier's son, but my I, I couldn't find anything online about this. Is the character in Legion? Is he tied to the Marvel Cinematic Universe at all?
0: It was very vague, and obviously, what the reports were and the press releases were were, were meant to be very vague. Um, I didn't get, like you, like you, I didn't get much on it as well, um, and how much are they staying to the source material, so I believe in the coming months, uh, we'll probably hear and read more about it, but yes, I, I did not get as much as I would like on that realm um, as, for, as in regards to Legion, it just from a visual standpoint, it looks interesting, and just the fact that I, like I said, that FX has produced some, uh, in the recent times, some really really uh well-structured television series they've not been afraid to to go that extra mile to go the to go the lengths that some of the other uh channels like let's say hulu amazon prime netflix they're that they're able to push those boundaries a little bit more than than on commercial television and here we have fx who's uh who's pushed some boundaries themselves uh in recent years they are are going to be, be do even more so with an alliance with, with Marvel, even if it's just in a smaller form.
1: Yeah, correct. Um, I mean, I, honestly, like, if, if Legion wasn't connected to the Marvel Universe, I feel like it'd kind of be a waste of time. But um, – or maybe even if they connected to the X-Men movies, that would be cool too, but it's –
0: and that may be an eventual goal because, obviously, you know it's FX, 20th Century Fox, right there. You have that you have that uh, natural connection which could take place uh, over the course of time, and maybe that's what they're leading up to. Uh, at least while they have that license, uh, they're trying to use it. And in this case, it's more of a, like you like you and I have been been surmising. It's more in a subtle fashion, so to speak.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I'm. I guess we'll just have to wait and see, but it's still, it looks like an interesting show.
0: Now I want to talk to you about Doctor Strange. Like I said, it looked like Inception multiplied to the nth degree um, and looks much more promising than what the original trailer showed. Um, Your thoughts on Doctor Strange and what does it have to do to become successful? Because I was talking to the other day to someone and we, we, after seeing it, you're talking about if it does Ant-Man numbers, because it, it didn't have the hype and the buzz going in that some of the other Marvel standalone films have had. Um, is it, you know, we're looking at Ant-Man numbers to, to make sure it, it, it might meet that, that realm. because uh, um, in the recent past, i say black Panther movie that has a little bit stronger buzz. There's uh, captain Marvel. Obviously they announced captain Marvel uh, as far as it's concerned. Um, Going forward with the announcement of who the actress is going to be, and and all that, that seems to have a little bit better buzz at the time than than Doctor Strange. given various points of time. Is the and also the placement of November fourth is Ant Man numbers realistic, or do you see something more?
1: I I hope I, I hope it's more than Ant Man numbers. So this the, this is the thing about modern audiences, like they're so used to. They know what they want. They want explosions. They want Robert Downey Jr. They want you know fast quips. But uh, I don't think Doctor Strange is really going to offer them that. He. But what they don't know is that he's such a pivotal character in the Marvel universe at large that he's he's tied into a whole lot of stories. But nobody really knows who he is. But it's just if you look at the visuals, I mean, that movie looks like it's probably crazy expensive to make. But that he. He's uh, he's got such a dark history, and he's uh, you know it's, it's a great story. Just I I hope that people will give it a chance, even though it's not going to have you know epic fight scenes and explosions and all the stuff they're used to. But I think people need to you know with a different kind of story like that, people need to kind of not have such high expectations, and then go in and come out being pleasantly surprised about it.
0: And I agree with you on that. I mean, it doesn't need to meet. Um, well, just looking at the box office numbers, um, grossed, man grossed just a little bit over $500 million worldwide. It grossed uh, under $200 million here in the States, which I think a lot of people have a tendency to look at. But worldwide, it grossed over half a billion dollars. So that's not bad. That, that's pretty good for as far as uh, a general movie is concerned. But when it comes to Marvel movies, is Marvel looking more as far as, when they're looking at these standalone movies, are they looking more as far as they need them to be hits, or are they just needing them to be pieces to a puzzle for a larger larger entity, such as you know when the Infinity Wars come around?
1: Yeah, well, Marvel's got this all mapped out pretty well, and at this point, I don't think it really matters if it's a hit. Yeah, if it makes money, that's, that's good, but they really need to put these pieces out before they can get to the greater story um yeah like i said like dr strange he's he's a big part of that story and spider-man black panther miss marvel uh just the the place that they're trying to get to they need to have all these little pieces laid out so it's kind of it's a risk on their part but i think in the end it's it's going to pay off because there are a lot of really great stories to tell
0: indeed uh indeed there is now uh as far as it's concerned, Comic Con to me was, was still strong as ever. I know we had a couple individuals that, that we know, or as far as it's concerned, that have worked for game stores that were down there. Uh, they got to experience it firsthand. Um, just, just still cosplay is as fun as ever. Uh, if you want to check that out, we also have uh, photos up on our Pop Culture Cosmos page. Uh, Facebook and you want to take a look at that anything from comic-con that we were able to get our hands on We posted right there for you um, The other big news recently is uh, Eurogamer got to give them props your Euro, Eurogamer uh, actually uh, released some information and a report on rumors uh, That were highly speculative But also that they got the inside scoop on what the Nintendo X is going to be about all about um, a, it has cartridges, so we're going back into the cartridge era, uh, and that it is also going to be a portable concept, um, which you know, you even you and I had had, had speculated and then known for some time, as far as rumors concerned, that that uh, the portability was going to be uh, something that that Nintendo was strongly going to be uh, uh, dealing with when it comes to the Nintendo NX, but also the fact that. Uh, the cartridge issue was like back and forth as far as rumors are concerned. And then also that the, the unit itself, which is not so surprising seeing as how it's gonna be portable, but that it will not be as powerful as the PlayStation 4. And if that's the case, even though it is powered by, most likely rumored to be an Nvidia uh, chip, what are your thoughts as far as it's concerned, as far as does this interest you, or does this you do you need something more from Nintendo at this point in time? Uh,
1: I when I heard it, for me, I'll believe it when I see it. The, the whole cartridge thing—I know, I, I just I don't see them putting out the kind of games that they need to compete in the modern console market and have them be on cartridges. You know, um, really, because you you need a lot of power through a lot like the PlayStation Four, Xbox One—they have separate power sources now because they need that extra bit of oomph to get their games, uh, you know, looking the way they need to. For me. I've never been that excited about Nintendo. If they're going to go back to cartridges, I mean, I don't see why they don't just make a new handheld console.
0: Well, I think obviously the the, uh, two, the idea behind the cartridges is, is twofold. Obviously, to gain the, that retro-type feel from their one of their best periods of success uh, in the 1990s uh, and also the 80s, of course. But um, also as well, the fact that the cartridges, I don't know as far as you know, if, if it does come to fruition, how much as far as the memory can hold and whatnot. I do know that cartridges, when they're when you put them in a system, if you do not um, have, if you do not using hard drive space, it will load faster than a disk. I do know that, that that's going to be the case when it comes to a cartridge, because that was always the parameter between cartridges and disks, is that obviously it takes a little bit more time on disk, whatnot. But then there's a cost issue that, that favors disks. Personally, I'm not, I'm not sold on it myself as far as a cartridge standpoint. Uh, I'm hopeful that the Nintendo NX uh, will be something that, that gamers can get behind. I, I'm really look, looking forward to seeing what, what there is. Um, it is going to be a portable option, so I don't know how that's going to be incorporated how portable it is as far as can you take it out, walk around, go travel, whatnot? Will it do a remote play like PS4? Um, but even in the mobile standpoint, as far as it's concerned with, with people's smartphones these days, how is it gonna compete with that as far as it's concerned? Because Nintendo has lost a lot of its its uh, uh, mobile sharing as far as it's concerned you know, from the 3DS and 2DS, whatnot simply because of the fact that, that the, these have become more powerful, these have become more accessible, and these smartphones, uh, for those that are listening, are, are now for most people, and tablets too to an extent, are for most people are, are a better way of mobile gaming than what they had before. So I ask you on this realm, as far as the portability is concerned, Should they have relied more on the portability or should they have tried to put more into the actual processing unit itself to make it more powerful than the Xbox One or PS4 from that standpoint? And the reason why I say that is because Xbox One, um, they've announced at E3 that that at the end of next year, they're going to have whatever Project Scorpio eventually will be called, which will actually be a more powerful system.
1: Yeah, I mean, because that's that's the ultimate goal for Microsoft, Sony. They want a, a powerful system that'll put out, you know, show show us almost real life video games. And if you know, if Nintendo's trying to compete in the modern console market, that's really that should be the focus for them. I mean, they're because they're they shouldn't be making any like really risky moves right now because they're in the as far as consoles go, they're already kind of teetering on the edge. There, I mean, that that just might be my opinion though.
0: Uh, no, I, I agree with you as well because you and I surmised even that um, possibly it might be in their best interest to just transfer and 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 evolve into uh, maybe what uh, something that Sega had wished they had done. Like I said on last last podcast, as, as far as from a licensing standpoint, and just go into the software realm because I think they would be very, very successful. Um, publishing as a publisher on on different consoles and also on mobile. As you can see with Nintendo Go, even though they're they're only getting a as you know now that we have found out more that they're only getting a certain amount from their licensing deal because they didn't develop it. Uh, Niantic did, and Neantic is going to take the bulk of that. Um, and unfortunately, upon those words, Nintendo's stock, which had gone up huge, has gone back down. But that being said, um, I think this is a big gamble, the NX as a whole, but I'm, I'm eager to see what, what they're gonna do. I'm gonna, eager to see how they're gonna be able to incorporate that. Um, is it gonna be something that people are gonna get behind? Maybe, and the cartridge, you know, the cartridge deal, as funny as it sounds, is a different slant in today's gaming world. So maybe different is better in this in this case.
1: Yeah, uh, people people like retro. I mean, there's that's that's the thing now. So, we'll, um, I, I on to me, I, I can't really say anything more about it unless I I, I want to see it. I want to see it in action. I want to see what it looks like. I want to know. Am I going to have to pull the cartridges out and blow on them like I did when I was a kid? Uh, I I wanted, I want to know more about it. It's it's still a mystery. To me.
0: <laughs> I remember that all too well. Yes, yes. Uh, it had a 50% ratio for me as far as getting it to work. but uh, um, And you and I also saw a, a couple movies uh, as far as it's concerned. Um, we've kept active on the entertainment scene. I know as far as what we've been watching from this latest uh, year's summer blockbusters, I know I look forward to Jason Bourne. I hopefully will have a review on that uh, in the near future if I'm able to see it. I'd love to see it. I get a chance, but also I've seen Ghostbusters and Star Trek Beyond, and I know you've seen Ghostbusters too. Uh, Star Trek Beyond, for those who have not seen it yet, it is the number one movie right now this weekend. Um, it is a, uh, I, I, for all intents and purposes, it's, it's a, it's a good movie. Um, struggles in the first half to get going, but once it does, it really does come to a, a good climax, as far as it's concerned, a, a strong ending. Um, usually, uh, when it comes to the Star Trek universe, they see it, at some point in time, the characters have these, these things that come into their lives, these event, these events that, that maybe not, uh, will have them maybe stray their thoughts away from, from committing, um, themselves to their, their duties on the enterprise. And, and in this movie, it starts off like that, but, uh, um, well, they are three, they are three plus years into their five-year mission. Obviously, some maybe some they're getting burned out a little bit, but leave it to the wonders of of skillful screenwriting uh, for them to find a way to get themselves back into the groove um, after getting stranded on a planet uh, with an evil alien um, played by Idris Elba. Um, basically, just you know, try to see what he can do to dominate uh, not only that planet but also go after. well, a a well-beloved and uh, well-harmonious location for Star Trek Federation. I won't won't, uh, go more into detail spoilers as far as it's concerned, but uh, anyways, are his evil uh, plans foiled? Well, you got to watch the movie to find out for sure, but it does, like I said, close out strongly in its second half of the film. The first half um, is a little bit slow to get started, but otherwise, like I said, it's a a pretty good output from the guys uh, and gals at Star Trek. So like I said, it gets a pretty good thumbs up for me. Um, Ghostbusters though, uh, I'll let you start off Josh on Ghostbusters as far as it's concerned because I have my own thoughts from from my own watching um, as far as, well, Ghostbusters.
1: Okay, Ghostbusters. I didn't really like it up until the end like when they had all the ghosts running around the city I thought the visuals were cool that you know they had the different the the colors on them and the particles drifting off of them I thought that was really rad but the rest of the movie I you know it wasn't just wasn't what I was looking for I I watched it and I thought to myself you know it didn't ruin my the you know the old ghostbusters but at the same time there were so many like call outs to the old ghostbuster movies and so many like just so much fan service that I wondered why did they even make this movie? Like, it's not, you know, and in this universe, the old Ghostbusters don't even exist, but it's the way that, that it was written, it, it you know, re- relied so heavily on, you know, references to the old Ghostbusters. I don't even know, if you're not going to make something that stands on its own, why bother making it, you know?
0: Well, the, the cameos that were made by almost every Ghostbusters star, except for Rick Moranis, uh, for the most part, uh, fell flat. There were a couple of uh, instances where they were okay and uh, permissible um, and helped the actual movie as a whole, but for the most part, uh, several were were extremely disappointing and seemed to be shoehorned into the actual movie itself, so that was kind of a disappointment, first off. Um, second is, uh, I, I as far as having the all-female cast, I don't think that should be an issue. I think what should be an issue is that the writing itself was was not as well done and, and the, that this crew, that this all-female crew should have gotten a better script to work off of because I really think there were some points in time where the dialogue uh, really set things back as far as from a flow standpoint. Um, I do think that Leslie Jones, who uh, has gotten a tremendous amount of, of negative reaction and, and just negative uh, feedback on Twitter and whatnot and the social media, is not deserving of it because I think she's far and away the best thing about the movie uh, and the most entertaining thing about the movie, because as a whole, the movie for me was a disappointing experience. Um, and I, um, you know, there there's just so many things to say. I, I just think Melissa McCarthy in that ensemble was, was, was basically miscast. I think she's better off on her own when she stands out and she's able to, to break out a little bit more. Um, her and Kristen Wiig, the dialogue back together as friends and whatnot, just seemed to really just, just not their, their interplay with each other was not, was, did not seem as all very convincing to the, to the audience or myself included. Um, and, and you said the special effects for you were, were very good. I thought the special effects were okay for me. I just, the points in time where I see them green screening, as I call it, where you can actually know, you can actually tell. 100% 100% that they're standing in somewhere, you know, in a in a, within a confined space um, near the end. I, I kind of had it took issue with as far as I'm concerned that they could have blended in a little bit better because um, that technology I believe is there that, that makes it look better. Um, Chris Hemsworth, I think his he tried very hard in the movie. Um, his character Kevin, I think was 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 you know okay in parts. Um, I just think he wasn't just given enough to do um and then like the whole plot itself was it was standard run-of-the-mill ghostbusters stuff as far as it's concerned but the 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 side performances as well were absolutely atrocious um andy garcia and and some several uh some other key notable um characterizations as far as it's concerned um that were were from a co-starring standpoint, were just atrocious and, and just really detracted from the film. And like I said, they shoehorned quite a bit of the the the, the flashbacks and callbacks to the original Ghostbusters. Uh, some were well done, but for the most part, they were they were very disappointing. And and uh, that just just as a whole ensemble was was really just just not the Ghostbusters film I was looking forward to. And hopefully Sony is committed 100% behind it. So I'm hoping uh, that they'll do better the next time around.
1: Yeah. it um, it kind of, it felt like it wasn't really going anywhere. It felt, you know, it's kind of like the, the first, the second Ghostbusters, all the ghosts have escaped. They're run, taking over the city. We've seen it before. It, it's, I, I just, I wonder why they felt the need to make it. I get that. The,
0: the, and, and they all- keep invading New York they keep how many times can they invade New york is there any other city that has ghosts i mean could you really have put this in a bit different realm maybe it would have worked maybe would have worked better if it'd been in a different city or in a different country per se that would have been kind of a cool concept to do
1: yeah and and the whole thing with like the mayor and his assistant trying to cover it up I think they were really reaching for a joke there that wasn't funny. And then they took it and they kept running with it, despite the fact that it wasn't funny.
0: Well, that, that really was uh, a big downer for me for, because um, Andy Garcia and the Eric actress escapes me who played the assistant. Those were some really, um, really bad performances. uh, And, and just, I know that those two actors are capable of better. I've seen it better. From them, and it, it just, like you said, it just—I think a lot of it lends to the writing, uh, which was just not up to snuff for the entire encompassing movie throughout. I, with the only, like I said, the only uh, caveat is, is Leslie Jones and her fine performance. I, I just really think she, she was the only thing at times to keep me interested in the movie as a whole.
1: Yeah, right. It's it was. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. I, it. It wasn't like I didn't come out going, oh, that movie was awful. But at the same time, if I would have known what was in it, I probably wouldn't have bothered watching it.
0: Uh, same here or gone to you know, watch it on video or whatnot, uh, a video format when it, when it hits home. Yeah. But that being case, um, like I said, if you get a chance, Star Trek Beyond th- uh, kind of thumbs up and Ghostbusters kind of thumbs down but uh, uh, hoping for better for both series. Uh, I know that both have, have announced plans that, that they will be developing more movies in the future, so we're, we're hopeful of that. Um, so finally, I want to get down to a uh, last part of our podcast here, and that's um, our thoughts on a couple games that we think we're looking forward to, that we think will do well, or that we're looking forward to in the uh, rest of 2016 and this fall Uh, because we are right around the corner from it we're heading into august uh the games start coming out hot and heavy uh with madden no man's sky and and so many others uh deus x uh as far as it's concerned that latest iteration of that series is coming out as well so so tell me josh what games appeal to you that's coming out or at least scheduled to come out this year
1: uh, Deus Ex, uh, Bioshock, the collection. I'm ex- excited about going back to Rapture. Uh, I, I know I shouldn't be looking forward to it, but I am looking forward to the Skyrim Remaster. despite how many hours of my life I lost to the first one. Um. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to buy like that.
0: Oblivion. Still would like Oblivion on a personal <laughs> level, because I enjoyed that more than Skyrim. A um, hundred and some odd hours compared to 40, but that's just me. Um, Any time to go back to the Elder Scrolls uh, as far as universe, that's fine by me.
1: Yeah, and with this one, at least I know like what I can and can't do because I had a problem with the last one where I couldn't finish certain parts of the game because the dragons kept eating the NPCs. And it would keep me from <laughs> from from finishing the game. So now I know like what parts I could go to, but it's just the, the hours that I'm going to lose. And bicycle.
0: that's the same thing. And that's the same thing. I'm sorry. And that's the same thing with me with Skyrim. I got stuck somewhere and couldn't get out of it, and I auto saved too far right into it. So I just at that point you just got to leave it. So hopefully, like I said, maybe this time around it'll be a better experience for me as well. Uh, looking forward to that but anything else uh, meeting your meeting your fancy as far as uh, that's coming out in the rest of 2016
1: final fantasy that i've been, been waiting on that one for a while um i'm trying to think what else is coming out i know there's watchdogs Dogs. I, i'm on the fence about i'll play it but i don't you know just to for something to do probably um yeah that's that's really all i can think of right now i'm not I'm sure there's others I'm forgetting, but th- those are the ones I'm excited to play.
0: Well, for me, I think it comes down to No Man's Sky, um, something I really want to delve into to see if there is uh, something in that universe that that will keep it, people interested in. Um, I also know as well the, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare remaster. I'm looking forward to that to see how much better it can look and if I can, you know, Enjoy again, like you can't like you're looking forward to with the Bioshock experience and, and the Skyrim experience Can you enjoy that experience of the Call of Duty Modern Warfare? Especially seeing how far the Call of Duty series has evolved since then um, and then Well, you know what? I'm gonna say it last but not least the last Guardian because um, it's You know What can you say? It's ten years? It's it's ten years uh, of development 10 years of, of possible delays after delays after delays after being a running joke in the industry for so many years it will finally come out and you want to see if there's an actual game that you can get involved with um, obviously it's not going to meet anyone's ex- expectations for being a game that's been in development for literally 10 years there's no way it could ever match those expectations but is it going to be a good game on its own merits? And that's what I want to know, and that's what I want to find out.
1: Yeah, I, I the last guard. I'm, you know, I've I've been I kind of lost hope that that game was ever going to come out, and now it's finally coming out. So I'm 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 going to have to go out and buy a PlayStation just to play it. But it's it, the gra- the graphics look fantastic, looks beautiful.
0: Uh, that they do indeed. Uh, it, the game looks great. But it reminds me of just, you know, when you go buy a car crash, you just got to see it. And in the case of Last Guardian for, for gaming fans, you got to see, okay, what was Sony thinking about keeping this game in development all those years? What was, you know, was the end result anywhere near to what, what they could have hoped? And we're going to find out. The game's never going to make a profit uh, substantial enough to justify its long development cycle we know that everyone knows that but will it be a game that like i said stands up on its own merits i, I hope so because like i said um certainly the long-suffering fans who who waited year after year to see just to even get a glimpse of news in regards to this game uh deserve it and deserve it in spades so uh, that's what we're looking forward to for this year and that's uh, pretty much going to wrap it up for this week, uh, or this podcast right here. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, check us out again. Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, Game Source on Facebook. Um, also, as well, our good friends that give them a shout out, Mario Party Wars uh, on Facebook. If you get a chance, you're really into the Mario Party scene. Give them a, a holler. There's some there's some great guys and gals there, and and they deserve all the 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 love and and whatnot our good friends at retro city games, uh, give a shout out to Doug and Nicole, um, Ron McCallum, who's hard at work on the He-Man documentary and was doing some interviewing today, uh, in, ca- in Southern California, I believe, uh, got to give a shout out to him and all his projects, including box art, the documentary, which he's also working on as well. Just, just so happy that he is all those projects on the queue. But, uh, and what are you working on right now, Josh? I know you got, like I said, Vendetta Dark is available, uh, and I know you mentioned, as far as is concerned, what you got cooking up as far as uh, what people can can get interested in from your uh, writing realm. Uh, with congratulations, you suck coming up as well, correct?
1: Correct. So that I'm hoping to have that out September, or October at the latest. Uh, I've I've been talking about it for so long. It just it's just find time to get sit down and finish it up um yeah that that's and there's more center space coming if that was something that you read i don't think a lot of people know about that so that'd be another thing you can check out
0: that's always a, a good thing like i said you had you had gone previously in detail regarding center space so they can they can check that out and then i remember seeing the posting the original posting of congratulations you suck and i was like you had me hooked right there from the, you know, right right, right there you had me hooked. So it was, it was good to see uh, you, you working on that realm. Uh, I'm glad you got some projects in the fire right there. I'm hopeful for some good things. And then, like I said, you got some time going uh, into the Battleborn realm as well. So look out for him, uh, Josh, on Battleborn on the Xbox One. Uh, uh, hit him up with a friend request or a challenge or whatnot. And, and uh, I'm sure he'll uh, answer the call, so to speak. You bet. All right. So for, that's it for uh, for this time on the Game Source Podcast. Hopefully we will also be able to put this as well on the NU Herald Audio channels uh, on podcast.com. And then also check us out. If you have iTunes, you can subscribe to us. We're on Game Source Podcast. Um, you'll see us right there on the iTunes beloved network. So give us a, a – basic love hi how are you by just downloading it Uh, if you subscribe to it it automatically downloads as soon as it goes up on the air so it's if you're in iTunes awesome Uh, if you're not you got podcast.com you can always uh, uh, you can even always as always download it off our site at yourgamesource.com as well so we give you a lot of options YouTube what have you we're here for you so for Josh Peterson the author of Vendetta Dark, and congratulations, you suck. I'm Gerald Glassford for yourgamesource.com, Gamesource, and Pop Culture Cosmos, and the NU Herald. Whew, that's a lot to say. It's another beautiful day in paradise, and here's hoping you have yourselves a great day. Do you love games, breed games, and bleed games? Then this is
1: the crew for you. If you are interested in editorial, podcasting, live events, and exclusive content, make sure to hit us up at info at yourgamesource.com and become part of a team that is dedicated to delivering all the greatest delays in gaming news and content,
0: all here at yourgamesource.com.